And here we go with the Daily Autism Radio Show. This is the radio version of DailyAutism.com, which is our online autism channel. Proud to be um, really the only 24-7 online autism channel. Uh, when you look at social videos, terrestrial radio, uh, all these great radio stations we're on. And, of course, our podcast platforms, our newsletters online, our autism hotline. Uh, it's been an awesome journey gosh, for three years plus into this and have just grown an awesome network of families, um, you know, uh, autism families, not only that, you know, the parents of uh, kids who've been diagnosed with autism, but also, um, you know, just these great thought leaders, experts, and really people who have designed some great products and services for the families of autism. So it's been, uh, it's been really cool. It has. I feel like we've helped a lot of people and it makes me feel good. I feel like we've helped. I feel like we've gotten help. Like that's been, yes. you know, a really cool thing with this is like, yeah, you know, it's like we just kind of throw it all out there. That's how this really started with one Facebook page, which is kind of funny when you look back. Um, and it was basically you just getting up at 630 in the morning with an iPhone and like, all right, here's our new life. Here's what's going on. Here's the situation. By the way, here's what I'm making for breakfast. Here's my workout. Here are my kids. Here's my ugly cry face. Yeah, here's <laughs> here's my confusion. Here's the book I'm reading. Here's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. But it's funny that, you know, it started from that and then, you know, it's grown and grown and grown. But, you know, with that over the last um, couple of years, the other thing that's grown is the rates of autism. And so it just, I think it was kind of surprising in the beginning to see how many people were interested in talking about it or at least interested in us talking about it. And then now it's like, whoa, I mean, everywhere we turn, it's like people say, oh, well, you know, I have a friend's friend's cousin, whatever. Now it's like son, daughter, niece, nephew. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It used to be that whole, and it was kind of a joke for a while that somebody would find a way to, you know, say that they knew somebody with autism, but it was like, it took them like 30 seconds to finally get to the relationship. Yeah. Friends, daughters, nieces, ex-boyfriends, <laughs> step uncle. <laughs> right. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now it's like my neighbor or. Yeah. It's it's my it's niece. The, the six degrees of separation is now really like one. Like, boom. It's just. Yep. It's like that. My this, my that, my that, my that. That's it. And, you know, I think that's probably something that I'm not really surprised by it, but it, it it's a it's kind of a reality check for for people who probably are aware but aren't sure how big of an issue this really is. But I think now when you think about now, when you hear people talking about it, it's like, yeah, this is this is a thing now. I mean, this is a full-on thing. And there's literally so much to learn. Like every stage of this, every like age, like, you know, developmentally, there's all these different therapies. Like every step along the way, you're, you're having to learn more and more. Yeah, and as like the development goes... I was telling someone the other day, I was like, there's so much to learn, but then there's also so much to unlearn because there's so many new things that come around the corner and you're like, okay, now this is a new way we have to do this. Yep. You know, it's like unlearning is harder than learning, I think, because you finally get comfortable and you're like, okay, this is cool. We're doing this. And then you're like, now we have to undo this because it's going in this direction. Well, and I've kind of learned to um, not get comfortable with it. Because I know it's going to change very soon. That's what we say. On yeah. to the next adventure. Yes. Because we know no matter what, good or bad, easy or super challenging, it's gonna. there's an adventure coming. It's going to change. Yeah. And how many times has Cal's schedule changed? Or <laughs> different therapist? Or we're yeah. doing it this way, but now we're doing it this way. 
you know. Oh, that school. Think about foods. You know, yep. it's, it's like, you know, when he's finally like, oh, he's eating this, he's eating that. Oh, my gosh, this is cool. We had the hardest time to get him to eat protein, like the hardest time. The only protein he, he would eat was broccoli, which is great. And then finally it was like, hey, he'll eat chicken tenders and, or chicken nuggets. And it was like, okay. Not right now. <laughs> that's, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? We were so excited. We we're like, hey, there's more protein, right? There's, you know, and then sometimes they'll be like, hey, I want a hamburger. And we're like, yes. Or I want a hot dog. And it's like, okay, you want new things. You're trying new things. And then he'll watch you make that thing, and then you try to give it to him, and he's like, nah. <laughs> he runs away. So, yeah, he was into the hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Mickey that, Mouse. Yeah, that was why I think he was so excited about that. But he would not try it. No, 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 no. Yeah, and people don't realize how much broccoli, um, how much protein is in broccoli. Oh, yeah. You know the numbers. Well, I don't know the exact numbers. I know it's more protein per gram than steak. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's... I mean, have you ever seen, like... Um, you, you know, like National Geographic back in the day, they have like those like big apes and orangutans out there and everything like that. Yeah, they're vegetarian. The gorilla, they're vegetarian. They're ripped. They're made of muscle. Yeah. They, they won't eat meat. They just eat plants. Yeah, you can see their abs. Oh, yeah. They're rock. <laughs> I mean, I, you wouldn't want to mess with one of those gorillas. No. They'll kill you. Yeah. Yeah, so. His new thing right now is going through the lunch line and ordering um, a string cheese. But yeah. if I buy string cheese, he will not eat it. Right. But that's the, so that's the other thing going through the lunch line. Right. So it's like that's a new thing that he otherwise wouldn't have done. Think about it. Standing in line, holding your tray, you know, waiting your turn. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot when you think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, and the if, steps you have to take. And developmentally, if he's, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half years old in a six and a half year old body, that's a lot to expect a two and a half year old to do. Exactly. Wait in line, hold your tray, say hi to the lunch lady, you know, point out what you want, say please, say thank you. There's a bunch of stuff. Right. Right? Yeah. So developmentally, he's at a really good stage right now, but oh obviously. You just did it. No, but obviously <laughs> you can't get used to it being this good. You no, know what I mean? Like in developmentally, like you said, two and a half, three and a half, he's finally at a four, a four year old stage, I feel like. Yeah. I think what you can get used to is that it's going to change. And so you don't get too, you know, what's the saying? Don't get too up about the ups. Don't get too down about the downs. Right. And that's really where you got to start to find yourself with the, the development and then regression of autism, which is just painful. I mean, the, uh, the, the regression is horrible because there's been weeks we've looked up, remember, and we've gone, what happened? Like we've been living in like chaos for two weeks. We're exhausted. We can't sleep. We're, we're dehydrated. We're stressed out. And, you don't see that like a day or two or three days, sometimes not even a week, but sometimes you get like two or three weeks in. We've done that before. I'm like, what's been going on? Like, this is horrible. Well, There's a days where it's like he'll scream half the day for a week straight and we go, what's going on? And I almost think it's like in order to get to like gain function and make progress, there has to be some regression. And that's what that stuff is. It's like I'm moving on to the next level, but I'm not going without a fight. Well, guess what? I mean, in order to get where we are right now at at a good point, he had regressed, and it was such a bad period before we got to this good. Yeah, that's and what I'm that saying. was a good way of describing what you just did. Yeah, that's, like I'm ready to move on to the next level, but here you go. Yeah, I'm going to give you one more real good one. Oh, it was terrible before for I, weeks. Yeah, and and he's done that before, but of course, as they grow and get older, the, the regression and the meltdowns and stuff are just tougher, stronger, faster, um, more abilities to to you know. To, to kind of do those things that that are harder to handle. So, um, yeah, I think that's the one thing we've we've really started to find is is don't get too comfortable. 
because it's just going to change. Yep. And the hardest thing people have is when they get all settled in on this. They're like, we got it. It's good. We got the perfect schedule. We got the perfect system, the perfect, um, you know, menu of food, the perfect sleeping. Oh, God, he used to go. Cal used to go to bed at eight o'clock and wake up at eight o'clock. Sometimes we'd have to get him up at nine o'clock. Cal, wake up. Oh, that all, you know, now he's like, he's about as nocturnal as it gets. Like, he don't want to yeah. go to bed. He didn't want to go to bed anymore. He will sleep. Once he falls asleep, he's a good sleeper. But now the, it's like 11 o'clock at night. If we're lucky. Yeah. You're actually setting alarms now. <laughs> this is crazy. Some people set alarms to get up after they sleep. You're setting alarms to wake up before you go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> I have to keep checking them. You're like laying in bed. And it's like, I think I'm going to doze off, but I have to check him because, you know, we, we make sure he's asleep before we go to sleep. And so it's like, and sometimes I'll be asleep and I'll hear the alarm and I'm like, man, that was a fast sleep. I can't believe the next day's here. And I grab my phone and it's like 1148. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've been asleep for six minutes. It's terrible. <laughs> and then you get up and then you come back and the best words are, he's asleep. Or you'll come in and go, he's still awake. And I'm like, oh my God, we got to do this again in 15 minutes. <laughs> then the alarm goes off and I'm like, Oh, I guess, you know, it's just, hey, I just got to get up and start the day. Nope, it's 1214. You're just yeah. going to keep doing this. Well, and think of having a toddler and how many baby gates you have up. Our house is like baby proof Yeah, for a six-year-old. So I'm going through baby gates that are locked and all this stuff. Yeah, you <laughs> you can see um, all the videos if you go to dailyautism.com and then you can join any of our social sites. But we, we routinely do videos about our house and the upgrades and... Um, well, we call them upgrades. That's a nice way to put to say that you put three locks on one door. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's an upgrade. We've made some upgrades. You know, when they walk through those homes when they've renovated, they're like, look at all the upgrades. <laughs> well, at one point, I think it was two years ago, we put a outdoor play place in our living room. Still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's wood. What did that? What was that smell? Cedar. Oh my God. <laughs> this thing is not supposed to be in the house. Yeah. It's in, in, when and it, it was like 600 pieces. When it says for outdoor use only, I saw that in the thing. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But you guys aren't selling stuff to autistic, autistic kids and families, you know, that have autistic kids. So you don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm like, oh, it's because of the cedar smell. Yeah. That's why it's for outdoor use only. Makes sense now. I don't remember when the smell went away, but it did. Um, I think about. Four months later, I just couldn't <laughs> smell anymore because the cedar had like eviscerated my sense of smell. Oh my gosh. So it felt like um, there was like a nuclear war in my nose and I just couldn't smell anything. <laughs> anyway. I wonder if people come in the house and go, oh my God, it smells like a cedar factory. Oh my gosh. They probably that would, be, that would be funny if we just couldn't smell it anymore and it still smelled like it. It'd be great if like, if like people that we know go out together and they're like, oh my God, we were Mark and Melissa, they almost choked. <laughs> And other people are like, is it the cedar thing? Yeah, what's going on? Why do they like the smell of cedar so much? He doesn't even go inside this playhouse anymore. But if I take it apart, I'm going to have to like tear it down. Once in a while, he will go in and um, take his iPad. But it's it's not as much as he used to be. But once in a while, he'll go in there. Yeah, he's not going to like when it's gone. No, so I guess we'll just keep it. We'll just keep it and we'll be the cedar folks for a while until... <laughs> Tell nobody. We'll know when we invite people over and they're just like, nah, thanks. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want my nose to burn for a week after being at your house. Oh, my gosh. Smell of cedar. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about this real quick. It snuck up on us. It's already here. Um, this is the Autism 
Health Summit, San Antonio, Texas. You've got to act fast. It's February 2nd and 3rd at this awesome resort in San Antonio, Texas. You can go to autismhealth.com. And uh, Tracy Slepsevic, she, of course, is the warrior mom. She is the author of the book and now audio book, which is available on Amazon, which you can get to at warriormom.org. But as far as the summit goes, Tracy um, has unveiled yet another deal for tickets. And again, you can get that at autismhealth.com. Over two dozen speakers. They're doing a movie premiere. Uh, this resort looks unbelievable, but a great opportunity to go network with other parents, special needs parents, and uh, hear from the experts, the professionals, meet Tracy. And, um, you know, there's also nothing wrong with spending a couple nights in beautiful San Antonio at this five star resort. They've got a full water park. Um, they're really doing it right. AutismHealth.com for those tickets. But again, February 2nd and 3rd. So at the time we're recording this, we're just about a week out. So got to act fast on that, February 2nd and 3rd. If you can't make it, you know somebody in the area, let them know about the Autism Health Summit. Again, AutismHealth.com. It's interesting you bring up what he's going to do when the playhouse goes away. The ins- Well, the outside playhouse that we have inside. Um because it, we find ourselves, the other day, I was pulling into the driveway, and so we have two cars, and I, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I was pulling it, and I parked in a different spot, like one car is to the left, one car is to the right, right next to each other, and I pulled in the SUV to the right, and I thought to myself, when he comes out in the morning and sees the SUV on the right side of the driveway instead of the left, I think that could be a problem. Oh, yeah. So I backed the car up. I, the neighbors must have said, what's he doing? I backed the car up. People probably thought I was like, oh, maybe he forgot, you know, to buy something and he's going to run back out and get it. No, I backed it up, <laughs> pulled it into the road and then pulled it right back into the driveway in the, in the left spot. And I'm turning the car off and I'm like, that actually totally defines being an autism parent. Like oh, yeah. totally. Who would care where their car is on the driveway? I wouldn't, I mean, I mean, who cares? I just thought to myself, this is going to, co- this will be full mayhem in the morning. You're right. You know, like those mayhem commercials? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to look like that guy in those commercials in the morning if I leave this car sitting in the spot right now. Well, I'm glad you changed it. I backed out. I pulled it right in. But you think about all the things that you have to think about like that, you know, and just really go through your mind and just go, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. We had, some, we had some boxes delivered uh, today, um, some chairs. Uh, for the kids. And I thought he was going to freak out about that. Well, I was like, okay, they're huge. I don't have time to break them down. But I didn't want to put them in the garage where he walks through to get to to, to therapy inside the house or when, or when he leaves because they're huge boxes. Yeah. I didn't want him to think, you know, what's going on or, you know, are we moving? or I don't know what he would think, but it's just not normally there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to leave him on the, by the front door because I, I don't have time to do what I got to do. And I don't know what that's going to cause. Right. You know, that's why we talk too a lot about the struggles of going out and being social as autism parents, because you never know what's going to happen. Go to a restaurant, a plate's going to fall and break or somebody's going to turn on music way too loud or somebody's going to change the channel, the TV in the corner. Yeah. You know, somebody's phone's going to go off and it's going to be like a weird ringtone and set them off. I mean, there's like all these things that you just go, you got to have everything covered. You have to think about everything. He ha- Cal actually has a new schedule right now, so he was able to go to school today. And, of course, all of a sudden, I'm at work, he's at school, and the phones go off. 
Oh, there was an uh, Amber Alert. And I'm like, yeah. I thought to myself, great, this is going to set him off. The dog, his, his day is already different. The dog freaked out. Yeah. Even the dog here freaked out. Yeah, it makes I'm, you jump. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. it's good. It gets everybody's attention. Uh, but sure. I but mean, I'm like, that alarm goes off and I'm like, great, his day's different. Now this is different. You know, you yeah. have to think about everything. And there's nothing I could have done in that situation. Yeah. No, it's it's you almost become like an insurance agent when you're a parent. Um uh, of autism, you know, and again, there's different, you know, levels or functionalities, whatever word you want to use. There's so many words and terms of how you want to describe it. But, you know, obviously you have you have a lot of kids that um, are really doing well and are getting through their challenges and everything. And, and, and Cal, you know, just is not in that category. Um, and, you know, even though we got him diagnosed, you know, fairly young, he was three. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, the neurologists were telling us it was fairly young. I mean, I know some people that diagnose their kids at two. Um, which is great. And, but you know, th there's just all these different, these different levels, but things like that with kids like this is really just, wow. Like one little thing like that, an Amber alert on a phone and, and you got to have an Amber alert. I mean, it's, I, I get it. They save lives. Right. Um, but you always have to be thinking about the next thing about what might happen. It's like, you know, like I said, we're like insurance agents. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Well, are you going to be backed up for this? Are you going to be covered for that? Or, you, you know, it's like you just, your mind just goes and goes and goes and you, you, you can never stop thinking, you know, you can never stop thinking, which a lot of people, I guess, would say, well, who does stop thinking? But this is proactive thinking. This is thinking ahead. A lot right. of people can think in the moment, you know, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat a sandwich, I'm gonna turn on the game. You know, this is more like... What happens if I go and eat a sandwich right now? You know, what, what happens if, what did you make the other day? Oh, no, this is what, you turn the uh, heat on for the first time. And he comes <laughs> yes. around the corner and he goes, oh, my gosh, there's smoke everywhere. <laughs> you know how you turn your heat on for the first time. Again, this is one of those things where it's like turning on your heat for the first time in the season. You get that kind of burnt smell, the dust, you know. It's terrible. And we live, you know, in Florida. And so it's usually very tropical here. We had a cold snap. Much of the country had a cold snap. And I know people be like, oh, you're complaining about the cold. Now, I get it. You know, we were in the upper 40s, low 50s. Hey, it's cold. That's cold for us, right? So we turn on our heat. And you don't turn on your heat a lot here. So when you do, you can kind of smell that nasty Whatever. It, First time smell, And yeah. it takes a couple of minutes, and then it kind of whatever goes away. But he comes around the corner. Oh, no, there's smoke everywhere. And I'm like, oh, boy, didn't I forgot. Like, that's not that's not normal. You know, it's. Yeah, and there wasn't smoke, but he, the smell of smoke. It's the smell of smoke. It, right. It's not even smoke. It's just a burnt heat type smell. Yeah, I think he might have even said fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then he talked about the fire. Yeah. Where's the fire? Where's the fire? Right. But he first said, oh, no, there's smoke everywhere. But he came running around the corner. But I think it's great. Like, he can connect all those dots. Like, I smell something. It smells like, you know, it smells like smoke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's well, it, 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 that, that part of it's good. It's just right when I started smelling and I started thinking to myself, wow, this is like, this is pretty an intense smell. And as I'm thinking that, I hear the footsteps running and I'm like, and here we go. <laughs> well, and you try, like, I wouldn't even have guessed that he would do that. You know, it would affect him like that. But like, you try to be proactive about things. And earlier this week, he had an appointment. Well, the therapy center didn't put it in the right way. We show up and I'm and they're like, he's not scheduled till next week. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I thought to myself in my head, you have no idea what you just did. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. You, you, you can't tell a child um, like this, we're going to go here and we're going to do this. And then you get there and you're like, just kidding. It's not happening. Another time. 
Yeah. Because it took them a while to process it, to get cool with it, to get excited or amped up for it. And then all of a sudden, um, it's not happening. I had to tell the front desk lady. I'm like, he does not understand that we're, we're just supposed to leave now. So I need the therapist to come out and explain it to him. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Well, that's and that's good that they did that. Not everybody would do that. But, you know, parents understand that when you take autistic kids places, um, you've had to really prep them for this. It wasn't just like, hey, change my mind. We're going to the, we're going to the car. And we're going to do this and that. No, no, no. This takes you got to get you need a game plan. Right. right. It's like a team. Yeah, right. These football teams play on Sunday. They've been game planning all week. They got a certain plan for the game and they practice that particular game plan that week. Now, I'm not saying that we get ready for a week before we do something, but there can be a couple of days easy mapping out what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, why it's going to happen and where it's going to happen. <laughs> and so you do all of that stuff um, over and over because you're, you're game planning and then it falls apart. Right. And what happens when it falls apart? Well, probably going to lose the game. So, yeah, that's the deal. Yep. That's it's true. That's what happens. Um, so the hardest part with dealing with that with autism is now he's bigger. You know, he's bigger. He's 60 pounds. And it's really hard to get a 60 pound kid that doesn't want to leave off the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was watching some videos on YouTube and uh, his mom was talking about, you know, I can't I can't do this on my own anymore. Like I need help. So she asked to call people, neighbors, friends. Um, her sons are older now. They live nearby. The husband works like two jobs. So, but when he's, you know, he helps too, but she's like, I can't during the day anymore. Physically, my body won't let me do this anymore. And I think the son's like 16 or 17, but he's big. And she goes, I just, if he decides that something's not going to happen, well, in that moment, it's not going to happen until I get some help. Or if he says something's going to happen, then something happens. Cause I can't control, I can't do it physically anymore. Right. You know, and you got to. That's the other thing is just so much to think about, you know, and, and it's from what she was saying in her video, she has help. So there's people she can call, but they don't live there. I mean, she's got to wait, you know, I mean, and that's hard. That's hard when you, you know, you, you physically can't um, look out for your child anymore. If they're going to hurt themselves, melting down, whatever it is, like it's to the point now for the study, she has to call help. And she said at some point I might have to call the police not to, you know, arrest my son. He's not, he's not, you know, committing crimes or everything. We're in the house, but, but to help, right. you know, I might need help. And it's a, it's a reality for a lot of people. And you don't think about it. Cause why would you, even if you know that the child is autistic, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. But once you get to teenager, mid teenagers, wow. You know, it's like, I say, I tell people all the time. It's like, just because they're autistic doesn't mean that they don't grow. Doesn't mean that they don't have muscles and they get strong and fast and big. Right. And have bad days like the rest of us. It's just, you know, their bad days can be a little bit more sharp than, their, than our bad days. Yeah. So, um, so much to think about, you know, just in everything, where you're going to live, how much help do you have, your support, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. We talk all the time about living in Florida because people are like, well, is Florida really good for you know, uh, services of autism and stuff. And I said, you know, I don't know that one state's necessarily better than the other. There's pros and cons with, with every state. I mean, if there was one state that's like, hey, we're the autism state, I think we'd all be living there when we have autistic kids, right? Like we'd all be living there, but there's not that one state. But for us here, it's like, it's the weather. Cal loves being outside. He loves water. He loves the pool. He loves the beach. He likes the warm sunshine. He loves animals, creatures, lizards, birds. So it's like for us, this is, this makes sense for us. Right. You know, and, and if your kid's not into any of that stuff, well, there's 49 other ones to live in and um, hundreds of other countries. But, 
you know, you have to really customize your life situation, but you have to think about so much, the help you have, the weather, support, everything like that. So, yeah, so we don't get to go on vacation and we do like going to the beach and Cal loves it. So there is a resort around this area that we take him to and it kind of feels like we're on vacation. And what we were talking about before about like preparing for things, this um, resort hotel just got remodeled and they (laughs) took away this clock that hangs on the wall. And usually, like, after he's done playing at the beach and stuff, he likes to get French fries. And he goes and sits at this table (laughs) and looks at this clock. Yeah, so this resort was shut down. Now, we don't, like, go and stay. It's, like, you know, it's five minutes from our house. So we go for the day, you know. So you go and you kind of enjoy the beach. And they've got a pool and a little tiki bar and a restaurant and everything. And they're playing music. And it's great. And like I said, Cal loves the beach. And so they were shut down for like three, four, five months doing all these renovations. So they do like this little opening. And so we go and we're looking around like, wow, this is great. This is great. Look what they did here. Look what they did there. This is gorgeous. Wow. Da, 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 da. And everybody's having fun. All of a sudden, we look up to the little balcony that Cal used to go sit at and, and eat the French fries and watch the birds in the water. And the clock's missing. <laughs> and I'm like, but the little nail, the little hook that the clock hung on is still there. So I go up and I'm just staring at the hook. And all of a sudden, the manager comes around the corner, and he's like, you know, he's kind of doing, hey, everybody, welcome back. How are you? Good to see you. What do you think of the place? I'm like, hey, pal, this is unbelievable. It's beautiful. Like, you guys have done a great job. And he's like, thanks so much. And I'm like, yeah. By the way, where's the clock? (laughs) And he just looks at me, and he's like, what? And I said, you see that hook? And he goes, oh, yeah. I said, there used to be a clock there. And he said, yeah, that's right, there was. And I was like, where is it? And he's like, I have no idea. And I said, you got to find it. And he goes, why? And so then we told him. And he goes, I'll get a clock. <laughs> he's like, don't worry, I'll find a clock. I'm like, oh, I really would like that clock. Because <laughs> if you know, you know, he's going to know. But I guess any clock will be better than no clock. But that clock would be the best clock. The same one. Where'd you put it? It's got to be somewhere. It's got to be in a box somewhere, right? You unhook the clock. You're painting. It makes sense. Someone threw the clock in a box. Find the box. I wonder if they'll actually do it. But if they don't, then we have to prepare Cal for it. Or I'll just take my own clock and go and hang it up there. They'll never know. Stand up on a chair and just put a random clock there. I remember what the clock looked like. I do too. It wasn't like a fancy clock. You could find that at Home Depot pretty easily. You're just going to go and put a clock. I don't think they'd know one. I don't think they would even know that I did or didn't. That's funny. I think I could put that. But seriously, we would have to prepare him. I could put that clock up there. I think the manager would walk by a week later and go, oh, someone found the clock. He'd have no (laughs) idea that I went and bought it and put my own up there. That's funny. Yeah. And that would be something, too, if someone's like, sir, uh, we need to talk to you. Yeah, what's up? Did you just go step on a chair and put a clock on our building? Yep, I sure did. I saved you and me a lot of problems, too. So you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. But um it's little things like that. I was there I was there. They were showing off their multi million dollar renovation and expansion and I was looking for an eleven dollar clock to see if it was still there. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty good. Um gotta give props and say hi to our friend Ling Huang of Technology North. Technologynorth.net is the website. Ling has created this really unbelievable technology not just technology to process environment culture for young adults on the autism spectrum. Um, these kids are, be, are able to go to work, to have employment, to learn skills. Um, and not only that, to hone these skills and get better and better. They also um, are able to be a part of something meaningful. And um, 
you know, they can make some money. And I think that's that's really cool for a young child uh, or a young adult, I should say, on the autism spectrum to have a job, to, to have some income. Think about how the parents feel about that. And they say, wow, my son has a, has a, is getting a check. They're on a payroll. And they're doing something productive for the company. And the company is helping uh, other companies or, or governments or other agencies um, with, with what they're the services that they're providing. So it's technologynorth.net. Ling is also a part of a really cool documentary on YouTube called Cliff 20. It's totally free. So if you go to uh, Cl- uh, YouTube and type in Cliff 20, search for Cliff 20, you'll learn a lot about Ling, his company, the process, um, his son, Brian, which was the inspiration behind Technology North. And big things are on the way for uh, Ling, for the company, and for many young adults on the autism spectrum and their parents, which I think is just such an uh, inspiring thing to do um, to create this, again, not just for the young adults on the spectrum, but for their families, you know, to be able to say, hey, I have a job. I'm going to work today. And I like it, and I'm a part of something cool. Our oldest came home the other day. He got his first paycheck. He's 16. Um, and it was kind of neat to see his face, you know. And, I mean, you know, he's he's, he's total typical kid. And um, I guess it's his second job, but his first job with a paycheck. His other job was cash. Right. So he wasn't really in it. You know, he was like, you know, oh, you know, you get tips of cash. It's great. But then this job is like you get some tips and cash, but then you get a paycheck every two weeks. So he came home, and he was like, look at this. You know, he's yeah, like, woo. Yeah, it's got his name on it. So, you know, it's yeah, a couple hundred bucks. And he was like, look at this. So um, I think that's cool for him. And then I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, let's say Cal could be a part of that one day. I don't know. But that paycheck would mean more to the parents than probably the young adult on the spectrum. Right. At least, you know, I'm just judging Cal's, you know, how he would think of it. He might think it was cool and, and neat. He loves numbers. So that would be cool. But for a parent to go, wow, you got a paycheck. Yeah. You work. You're a part of so you, you you are a part of an employment force. That's pretty cool, a workforce. That is cool. So I think it's really neat what um what Ling has done. Uh, a lot more coming from from Ling. I remember those days too. You're young, you're working, you're getting those paychecks, and you're like, Yes, I've made it. Yeah. I got cash coming in. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it does make you feel good. Um dailyautism.com, that is uh our website where you can uh you know, join any of our social uh, pages, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Uh, we do a uh, biweekly newsletter on LinkedIn called Daily Autism, our LinkedIn hotline, 877-344-ATSM. Uh, we've got uh, hundreds and hundreds of families that call that every week to hear about what's new in the world of autism and the products, services, sometimes deals as it relates to uh, products and services of autism. I wanted to take a couple stories from the um, the LinkedIn newsletter that just came out last week, late last week, and it's talking about the link between autism and stubbornness, which got my uh, attention. And then, but what I really liked is as I got into the article, it talked about rigidity and the difference between rigidity and stubbornness as it relates to autism. And I was like, hmm, this is pretty good, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, autistic people are stubborn. Young autistic kids are very stubborn. And I was like, yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, they're set in their ways and they're stubborn and everything. But then this article dives deep about stubbornness. And stubbornness, think about the word stubborn, is something that can be changed. If somebody's stubborn, you still change their mind. 
You know what I right, mean? Right. Like a lot of times you hear about old people. They're stubborn. They're stuck in their ways. But, you know, I want to go to eat here. So I mean, no, we're going to go eat here. Fine. Whatever. We'll, I'll just do it. It's fine. You know, or it's like, gosh, when I was growing up, a beer was a dollar. Now it's two fifty. Well, you're going to not drink it or drink it. Oh, fine. I'll drink it. I'll pay for it. You know, that's stubborn. Right. Yeah, something to be changed. But rigidity, um, I, I think it really is interesting because it's like, think about rigid, something being rigid. It's like stubborn is like kind of a eh, eh, eh. But rigidity, it's like a brick wall. It's like a, you know what I mean? It's a It's like, no, that's right. They're not stubborn. It is rigid. And I thought to myself, like, that's really interesting because if you break a routine or something, you don't, you wouldn't say in the middle of a meltdown or something, well, boy, they're being stubborn. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like meltdowns aren't stubborn. They're way beyond that. Right. And so I just thought it was kind of interesting, the perception of people that say, you know, yeah, a lot of autistic kids are very stubborn. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. And now I was reading all this research in the newsletter and I was like, yeah, I think it's more than stubborn. I think it's like beyond stubborn well i just heard that he has the rigidity this past year oh really you didn't know yeah the developmental pediatrician said he has cognitive rigidity wow then i don't know that i knew this i I didn't know this we've talked about it before and then the and then maybe you forgot the word but then ot this year said he's very rigid he has rigidity wow yes so i haven't even read that article yet but (laughs) Yeah, well, it's hard to change his ways. He's very rigid in the fact that certain people do certain things for him, and that's how you have to do it. If the, somebody else does it, he's not going to let that happen. Right. The definition in this article: stubbornness defined as the determination not to change an attitude or perception. Definition of rigidity is the inability to change or adapt. So, I could see both up to a certain point. Um. I could, you know, you could say that all, well, I don't know what I even want to say all, but I get to, I get the determination not to change an attitude or perception. I get that somewhat with Cal, but I a hundred percent get the inability. Like, I think there are things where he's like, I want to go and sit here, Cal. We're not sitting in that room anymore. We're going to sit in this other room. Oh, there'll be a little this, a little that, but you can get him to, to do it after a while. But then there are things the inability to change or adapt. I would even throw potty training in there. Well, so, you know, I had talked to the developmental pediatrician about him not going on the potty for me. Mm -hmm. He will go for therapists, but he won't go for me. And I was saying he seems very OCD about how he is about things. And that's when he said, it's not OCD, it's cognitive rigidity. Wow. And that is going to be a hard thing to change, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping like with development, he will eventually go for me or just start going on his own, you know? Yeah. But he's even so rigid in the fact that I pick him up from school. And today I thought maybe you were going to have to. And I restructured my schedule so I could pick him up because he's so rigid that I have to be the one to do it. Cognitive rigidity. Yep. It's it, it, it's a word soup with this, too. And that's another thing that parents... I mean, we, we're to the point where we just kind of joke about it. Because you have to... You do have to laugh. They're throwing all these new terms at you. And you're like, okay, well, there's another one. You know, it's like... Sometimes people ask, you know, so what's the latest on Cal? And I'm like, well, uh, there's like all these new terms and I don't really know them. So I'll just kind of give you, you know, as just a dude, just a dad dude, you know, whatever... Um, but all these, so you imagine if you took all these turns and tried to uh, terms and tried to explain to other family members or friends, 
all of this stuff, you know, global developmental delay, cognitive rigidity. I mean, people just be like, like oh, uh, people would be like, oh, okay, tap out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> I can't, uh, please, I can't handle this anymore. It's 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 a lot. It's well, that's why I said there's so much to learn. So much. I mean, we're three years into this since the diagnosis, and I just heard cognitive rigidity. Yeah. This year, twenty or in 2023. That's so funny. We put it in the newsletter, and I don't I don't remember you talking about it. I'm sure you did, but I don't remember. So that's really interesting that, you know, it's in the newsletter. And um, the other thing I find with this, too, it's interesting is like, you know, we'll talk about something and always within 24, 48, 72 hours, there's a dozen messages of like, you've got to be kidding. We're going through the same exact thing. And I'm like, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's 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 what happens. Like, that's what happens is we're all kind of in this funnel and some of us are closer together than others in the funnel. And it's like we're sort of riding it at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then sometimes you start over um, and, and you do a regression and you go back down that slide. And other times you go down a new slide and you're with the same people for a moment in time. Then you're with new people for a moment in time. And, you know, um, I, I know some some people on uh, TikTok, uh, our TikTok channel. Um, it's funny. It comes in waves. It's like, oh, I know that guy. I know that girl. They've, they've you know, before. and then sometimes it, it's interesting to hear, you know, oh man, we're through that. We don't, we don't deal with that anymore. Or people be like, well, we're back at that again. I totally hear you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really interesting how it all just ebbs and flows sometimes together, you know, at a pace and other times just, you know, you never know. You just, I, I was being interviewed the other day by this by this guy who's writing this book and a really cool book, children's book, but uh, it's about a 10 year old autistic kid and his father gives him a, uh, a compass, right? North, South, East, West. Right. What's the thing? The, uh, never eat soggy waffles. Yeah. North, East, Southwest. Yeah, there you go. That's what the compass goes. <laughs> uh, I said North, South, East, West. Um, anyway. And so, um, I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's about that. And, and he was, you know, asking me, you know, about being a parent of, of autism, a dad. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know what you got to do? You got to get comfortable with getting lost on purpose. Like you just have to realize that if you're going to meet your kid where they are, and that's like the new saying, and that's cool. I really like that by the way, but do you understand to do that where they might be, might be a place that's really tough to get to. So if you're committed to doing it, I think that's great, but just know you're going to have to be cool with getting lost on purpose. Because these kids are not on the road. They're off the beaten path. And so that takes a lot for a mom or a dad to go, I'm going to give up everything. I'm going to go get lost on purpose. And for a lot of parents, what is that? It's giving up your career, giving up your friends, giving up your social life, giving up a lot of things, and even giving up things you shouldn't give up, like your health. And a lot of parents, do they do that. They fall into that, too. And so... Um, it's just, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to, to look back. I love getting those questions too from people. You know, it's like, what, what is it like? What is it like? And I'm like, you just got to get cool with getting lost, man. You got to do it on purpose. Because our four other kids, our typical kids, like, I look back and like, man, that was easy. Oh, yeah. Like, we have friends that complain about their, they don't complain about their kids, but they're complaining about things they have to do, you know, with having kids you know, driving to sports and dealing with homework and this. And I'm like, oh, stop it. That's the easy stuff. Right. You know? Well, they, they only know what they know. Yeah. And we did the same thing. I'm sure. I know we did the same. I remember, oh, we've got this practice here, that practice there. We got to get up and go to this football game and we got to drive here. And 
I would be busy at the radio station and you'd have to drive two kids to the doctor and who was going to pick up the other kid at the school. And, you know, we were just like, this is insane. How do you do it? How do you do it? And now you look back and go, that was so easy. Yeah. But no, I I think it's important for you to meet your child where they are. um, If you, if you can, like you said, if you're willing to do it, I, that was the only way I could help Cal was to go back to where he where he was developmentally, because that's the only way that I kept seeing changes along the way. Yeah. I want to get to uh, this opportunity maybe for free diapers for special needs families, because um, not being potty trained at a typical age is definitely a thing. Um, But before that, I do want to give a little shout out to the Lyft Academy in Clearwater, Florida. Um, They are the premier school for the neurodiverse. I thought it was really cool last week. Um, It was Founders Day last week, and we had already done the radio show, so I wanted to make sure I got it in this week. But, you know, Founders Day, so people who, you know, who found companies and startups and stuff. Well, Kelly Mondello is um, one of the founders, her and her husband. And it's a really cool story with with Lyft and how, you know, she was inspired by family to create the uh, Lyft Academy. But they started on this cocktail napkin. Uh, and Kelly's actually told me the story. It's pretty neat. They were all out at a bar one night and they were eating and they were like, we've got this idea, you know, whatever. And so they grabbed a cocktail napkin and started drawing out how like the original lift would be all the areas and what would happen and stuff like that. They still have that cocktail napkin hanging up at the lift Academy. I thought it was really cool. And I'm also, you know, we talk about all the time. I think there's, there's some real meaning in looking at organizations, um, you know, whether it's a business organization, whether it's a nonprofit, whatever, but that was founded by somebody with a special needs child because you know it means something. You know there's some solid ingenuity there behind it. And um, Kelly and her husband, Mark, are definitely those kind of people. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Also, you know, it's important to recognize that over 95% of their students are on a scholarship and they can help you with that process. Um, They are the best. This new campus they have is the Taj Mahal of schools for the neurodiverse. So it's Lyft Academy, liftfl.org. And uh, we've been talking a lot about them, excited to, I know they've got some events coming up soon. They always do fun stuff. And, uh, big leaders in the uh, in the community. So thank you to the Lyft Academy in Clearwater, Florida. Um, I want to talk to, this also is in, is in the newsletter, which you can find on our LinkedIn by going to dailyautism.com. There's this new technology out. This is kind of cool. Um, you hear a lot about AI and autism. And a lot of these AI uh, platforms, which are claiming now to be able to diagnose autism at a really high rate. Well, there's this new thing and it's AI, but it's called a biosensor data, okay? Uh, it, it's a biosensor data uh, watch, actually. You wear this watch, right, and the child, it says, it says it can predict a serious meltdown three minutes ahead of time based on what's going on chemically, biologically inside of the child. Wow. Yeah. That's and interesting. Very, very interesting. And they say, so three minutes, um, they say they're they're at 80% accuracy. They've been testing this now for a couple of years. They're at 80% accuracy that the meltdown does, in fact, occur within three minutes of the alert. Wow. And I know a lot of people that are like, man, I hate AI. I hate, um, you know, virtual reality. I hate all that stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it it's like social media, 
there are some really like dark and maybe some negative stuff. There's also some really good stuff about social media. I mean, we've had some great wins on social media. Um, we've connected a lot of great people. And if it wasn't for social media, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, I think that AI and VR is going to be something like that. But I thought this was a really interesting read. Obviously, I won't go into the whole thing, but it is on the newsletter, dailyautism.com, if you want to link to the LinkedIn channel, and then join the Daily Autism newsletter. But 80% accuracy? Wow. Sometimes I think, like, oh, here we go, here we go. Never happens. And then I'm like, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. No, 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 no. He'll. That's not going to bother him to 10 Yep. It just shoots up to 10. Um, so I got to tell you, like now with the research, I, I would do this. I would absolutely do one of these. I would have a sensor and I would be interested to see, of course, as long as there's no safety problems, I would I would love to see this. I'd love to see it. Yeah, it would give you warning to leave, like wherever you are. <laughs> leave, yes. <laughs> you I'm have getting, three minutes to I'm get out of getting here. Getting out of here right now. Yes. Or even if you're at, I would say, even if you're at home and it's like, okay, maybe the music is too loud. Maybe the TV's too loud, and his body is, this data is being compiled before he's going to channel it. So maybe that, you know, my thought was prevention. Like, now maybe we can tone everything down a little bit. Yeah. And prevent it, you know? That would be good. Maybe he's outside in the pool, and he's like, he's overheated. Or maybe whatever might be going on. But I just think 80%, uh, I thought that was pretty impressive. That is impressive. You know, I always looked, like, to the future. What, what's the future telling us? Are there, are there things around the corner that... That can help people. Yeah, there are. It's positive. It's good. There's people taking action. Biosensor data. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Give me some biosensor data. Um, I mentioned before about the possibility for free diapers for special needs families. You can go to dailyautism.com. Click on the Aeroflow Urology link. There's a uh, quick survey. It'll take you maybe 90 seconds. And uh, I mean, so many families are getting diapers delivered to their door for free, 100% covered by Medicaid. And like I said, delivered to the door. It's also free delivery. Um, this is uh, really a godsend for a lot of people. You think about this, not many families factored in years and years of d monthly diaper bills. It's expensive. We are living in a uh, just inflationary, a mile-high inflationary period of the world uh, of time, and um, diapers, are, are they ride that wave, too. They are outrageously expensive. So dailyautism.com, click on the Aeroflow Urology link, fill it out, and um, they'll tell you this is for special needs kids three and over um, to qualify for that. Also, the original Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach, Florida, I told you we had a little cold snap here in Florida. Um, that didn't stop us from going to the original Krabby Bills. It never does. But I got to tell you, now that it's getting warm again, even better at the oh, original yeah. Krabby Bills. Uh, we just saw yesterday they have dollar oysters at the inside restaurant of the original Krabby Bills. Buck-a-shucks, as we call them. They do. And they have the $5 onion rings oh, those are onion on that rings menu. Are so good. They're very good. They should freeze them and sell them in the grocery store. I mean, if you if you said the Krabby Bill's onion rings at the grocery store, that would be unbelievable. They're the best. They came up with something that I never thought about, but they have chowder fries. Oh, wow. So it's crispy fries with Stop. clam chowder over it with bacon and other stuff. Not only is just the best experience, um, great family, great food, a lot of fun, live music every day in the loading, bo uh, loading dock. But, um, you know, they're just, they're just a business that supports the community um, that they're in. And so it's really cool. The original Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach, Florida, uh, ice cold beer too. Ooh, 
sounds good. It sounds um, really, really good. All right, dailyautism.com, as we start to um, wrap up here, I wanted to real quick talk about my sensory studio, um, which um, we're so proud of. It's in Seminole, Florida, and Pinellas County. Um, this is the only private um, studio, private sensory studio, we think in the world. We've investigated this. We've researched this forever. Yep. Um, but you can send us a message if you know anybody in the area. Um, we've really, we, we've teamed up on uh, the last couple of weeks with some great therapy centers and therapists and families and kids. And it's just been uh, really cool to put that together. But what I wanted to mention was all the great videos of Cal playing and playing there with his, uh, with his therapist. Now, now his therapists are like, Hey, can we just do it at the, at the studio? I was like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of growth with him since he started playing there, being able to physically run and jump and climb. Um, and we have a zip line there, and he's gotten really brave and confident to be able to start doing it by himself, which those are developmental changes. Yep, it really is. So dailyautism.com to see all of our videos uh, across our social channels. Also, uh, Begin Health, and they're growing up prebiotics. I didn't know anything about prebiotics. Then I find the company, and I go, wait a minute, Cal's got... He's had poop problems. He gets this hard clumped up and it's whatever and it's uh, all this stuff. It's poop is what it is. But growing up prebiotics has solved a big problem. Get our discount. Learn about prebiotics and how they help the little autistic tummies. Cal's having great success with it. Dailyautism.com and click on the Begin Health Growing Up Prebiotics button. Get our discount on it. I'm telling you, we've had great success. It's been very, very cool. Also, our friends at Angel Sense. This is assistive technology for autism and special needs. It could be kids, adults, even, even seniors. Um, the technology is awesome. The control you have as a parent to tap into your child's environment. Maybe they're on a bus and you're worried about bullying. Maybe they're in a therapy center and you're worried about eloping. You can see exactly on your app the, the coordinates. It's amazing how precise where they are. And again, you can tap and listen to their environment. You can speak to your child. They can even speak back to you if necessary. And of course, our friends at Fun Factory Sensory Gym. Uh, you know, we kind of imagined the studio, my sensory studio in Seminole, Florida. But boy, they put it together and they made it happen. Um, you know, if you're a therapy center, if you're a church, if you're a school, or if you're a resident, if you're if you, just your house and you're like, I want a sensory studio in my house, they do that as well. Again, you can uh, link to them at dailyautism.com and the Fun Factory Sensory Gym button is there. Actually, I have a link to their YouTube page. Um, they do some great, great YouTube videos, so check that out. All right, that's another radio show. Yep. We are back next week, but we are online 24-7 again. Any of those channels, uh, we'd love to connect with you on. You can get to all of them at dailyautism.com.